Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Justin Grasso. And I'm Kevin McCormick. And this is a podcast dedicated to covering the Philadelphia 76ers on the Believe Podcast Network. Kev, we are at a strange time in the offseason. I mean, it just started. Uh, ben Simmons' trade rumors have simmered down a little bit, but the talk about Ben is still very loud, still going around and pretty much bothering everybody as he's been – where has he been? At, like the U.K.? Yeah, he was at Wimbledon with his new girlfriend. Okay, so I, he's out living life, you know, just just enjoying the offseason after uh, a tough second-round exit. And, of course, as you would expect, Sixers fans are unhappy. Are they ever happy to begin with? I don't know, man. <laughs> like, when when uh, do they find happiness? I'm starting to believe that the Sixers fan base is like the walking definition of misery loves company. It has to be, right? <laughs> I mean, at, at what point? I just, I don't get it. Like the outrage. I could see from an optics standpoint, maybe it, it doesn't look great, but as crazy as it sounds, Ben Simmons could still be training and having a nightlife. Like both can be true like and people are yelling at ben simmons as if they work for their employer 24 7 whoa whoa cat we saw four pictures of him at a tennis match and you think he's training apparently it's one or the other <laughs> he apparently both can't be true at the same time i don't like, know how, how long how long is a tennis match i don't know i don't watch tennis i do know why so it's like it can't be like well a basketball game's like two yeah. hours Let, two, let's assume it's hours. around that like i I don't get the outrage. It's just for all we know, he shot a thousand jump shots that morning and went that night. Like nobody knows the full story yet. Sixers Twitter is screaming at Ben Simmons as, as if he's supposed to be playing basketball 24 seven from the moment game seven ended until, you know, opening night next season. It just, it doesn't make sense. Like he could have Alex Subers with him right now, taking pictures <laughs> and doing a vlog and people are going to flip out saying that, Oh, well, He's he might be working on it, but he's working on it from the for the camera, yeah. and it's just like, what do you want? Do you want him putting out stuff that he's working, or do you want right. him to just not put out stuff that he's working? Because he didn't put up those pictures. That's the funniest thing. Someone else took it. Mm-hmm. He's taking a break from social media, most likely, because why the hell would you be on social media yeah. <laughs> after a game seven like that? And my whole point is, when I'm thinking about this, the guy made it clear that his whole issue was from you know mentally everything was mentally like yeah i i could have played more aggressive but mentally i had a block there so i don't know why anyone thinks that continuing to play the game that he had a mental block in is going to help him clear his head let him go to wimbledon and hang out with whoever he's dating now to clear his head like let the guy live life that's that's how you clear your head like no one, no one gets, oh, you know, stressed from work and is like, I need to work more yeah. <laughs> to clear my head from work. No, you need to take a vacation, take some time off. That's what I don't get. I agree. And it's just, and it's like you said at the beginning, there really is no winning with him because let's say he, instead of the stuff at Wimbledon, 
let's say it was a workout video and him at the gym getting shots up, shooting threes, knocking down free throws, then it just would have been all these Sixers fans saying, oh, well, do it in a game and this and that, all the stuff that we've seen before. There's truly no winning it. And the whole taking a break and hitting the reset button is why I thought it was a great decision by him to skip the Olympics. I mean, people were bashing him for that. What in what realm after you watch game seven against the Hawks, do you think it's a bright idea for him to step back on a basketball court on a national stage four to five weeks later? It doesn't make any sense. It's like you said, he, his issues were between his ears, let him take that time to reset, you know, completely recalibrate himself, focus, and then get ready to go into the gym harder. Because if he was still having issues in his head and no matter what training he was doing right after game seven, we don't know how beneficial it is because he's still dealing with all of that. Let, let the man live. Let him have a week or two to, first off, heal his body. I mean, this was a grueling season for NBA players. That We saw pictures of Joel Embiid on vacation as well. These guys need time for their body to rest or else they're going to be, you know, we could be talking about injury woes to start off next season. So per usual, people just going off the deep end when it revolves around Ben Simmons. So it's truly not that shocking. Who do you think is having a better vacation, Ben Simmons in the UK or Joel Embiid in <laughs> the <laughs> Jersey Shore? <laughs> Am I crazy for saying Joel? I mean, I, just because the, he the Jersey Shore is fun. Like it's it's fun to joke about, but mm-hmm. it's fun. Like it's a good time. I think it's more just he's really embracing the family time. Obviously, uh, him and his girlfriend had the baby during the season, so I think just having that that family time for him while Arthur's still so young i feel like he he is definitely enjoying himself no matter where he is just getting to soak in that family time yeah that was definitely him too right no it was definitely another seven foot two 280 <laughs> pound human being <laughs> oh you can't tell you can't tell the height from yeah from, uh, the there's picture, definitely a, a yeah. bunch of those walking around yeah i i think it, the funny thing is too because there were people questioning it and um i think i'm pretty sure he had slippers on yeah, he had some slides on. Joel Embiid <laughs> fully embracing it, just in some, some nice shorts and slides. He is all in on a vacation down in the Jersey Shore. Oh, man, that, that's awesome, though. I, I think, uh, uh, who was it? He truly is a Paul, Philadelphian. I think Paul Reed was in at the Jersey Shore, too. <laughs> uh, I feel like I did see tweets about that. Yeah, somebody somebody made some type of joke. Like, if I don't see Paul Reed wasted yeah. making out as a fifty year old or something, Paul Reed was like, "Yo, what?" what? <laughs> it's like Paul doesn't get uh, it. He's he's from yeah. he's from the south. He don't get it. But so, but obviously, a lot of talk has been about Ben Simmons lately. Uh, his wonderful teammate Danny Green has taken some of that spotlight off of him as Danny Green continues to kind of stay within because obviously he's a free agent so he he doesn't have to be doing all this stuff for philly but he obviously has connections to nbc sports philly because his podcast is on there so he linked up with john clark uh did an episode of his podcast and danny was uh he made some comments that i mean is sure to set any philly fan off anytime anyone makes any sort of comments about the fans uh you know they they kind of lose their minds so he gave him a compliment, made it clear that, yeah, the fans are awesome and they're, you know, supportive, but he also had some criticism and this isn't anything new. We hear this plenty of times. And do you have exact quotes? I, th- I believe you said you pulled out some exact um, quotes. Yeah. So John Clark asked him, do you think the crowd and Philly can have an effect on someone like Ben in those moments? And Green said, 
For sure. I think it has an effect on everybody. And I think that's something that needs to change in the city. I love our fans, but when things aren't going well, they, they can't turn on you. That's the one thing I would disagree with or dislike. Some guys use it as motivation. Some guys have a chip on their shoulder, but I think that needs to change. They need to be riding with us regardless of how things are going. Okay. So we'll obviously both throw our opinions on this. Um, Danny Green's entitled to his for sure. Absolutely. Uh, to request such a, a drastic change after spending one condensed season in a Sixers uniform probably wasn't the best idea. So I already know your opinion just because we talked about it outside of the pod. So I want to play devil's advocate. I've been able to think about it a little more. And while I agree, some of the things he said are a little puzzling. I respect that he he still aired it out anyway I feel like even from the beginning he knew that the second he said that he was going to become public enemy number one and teams need guys who are going to say the tough things that people don't want to hear so in this the fact that Danny Green you know felt confident enough to to say all that on a podcast I feel like that's what makes him so valuable behind the scenes because he's willing to to ruffle some feathers to hurt some feelings for the greater good so I feel like, although I don't 100% agree with everything that he said, I fully respect his opinion. Like you said, he has all the right in the world to, to give his view on things. And I feel like I respect him a little more for going above and beyond and saying things we don't want to hear. And I feel like it's just another example of why veterans like him are so valuable in this league. Yeah, so I, I mean – I've kind of went back and forth on this for many ever. Remember when Ben said it, I think it was like three years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, stay, stay on, on that side, side and yeah. people flipped. And I thought about it and I was like, it's, it's, it's so tough to like, I, I guess if like you're a diehard fan, you're just going to ride with uh yeah, you know, we boo when they play bad and all that. But there are some times where it's like, it's completely unnecessary. Like I, I take it back to, if you want to compare things to, a regular job like say you just got your day started you're tired and you know you screw something up if your you know boss or co-workers come up to you and be like you suck you suck at your job <laughs> is that gonna make you feel better is that gonna make you work harder that's gonna piss you off you're gonna be mad for the rest of the day and you're probably not gonna do much better that's kind of how i see it where it's like i get it it's sports and it's different but if it's like an early point of the game and like, yeah, you might be playing bad, but like it's sports, like a lot can change. Like it's, it's a long game and it's not just basketball. It's also Eagles fans. It's also, I guess, Flyers fans I don't really do hockey, but, and then Phillies fans, if they show up. And um, <laughs> so it, it's like early on, there's a lot of times where Philly fans are just like, you do one wrong thing and then they can already start booing and it's not everybody but i do see where players can get annoyed with that because i think the best example to me was i went to an eagles game i think this was the first stint that nick Foles was on the team and this was the first year that they gave him like the keys to the offense eagles were trailing the jaguar 17 and nothing at halftime and obviously fans were booing And I remember, I can't remember what Eagles player it was, but he was basically saying back to the crowd, like, there's four quarters. There's four quarters. We just played two. It's 17. Like, yeah, it seems high, but it's only 17. 
Eagles went fired off 35 straight, 135 17. So it's like, again, like you can sit there and say the booze motivated them, but at the same time, it's also like, you know, you're booing your team when they can still come back and win. And then they come back and win. And now, now you're cheering for them. So it's like, you don't think a player's not going to feel some type of way like, oh, now you want to cheer for me? Because two quarters ago you were, you know, we suck and all this, but now now you want to be on our side. So that's what Ben Simmons meant by stay on that side. Like, because again, that Brooklyn series, they lose that first game and then the Sixers go on and win that series. When the Sixers played the Washington Wizards this year and they were up three to nothing, finally lost the game, there were legit people like, complaining on social media saying like i swear if they drop this and and wizards went like come on like it 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 does show like i don't like i could see where players get frustrated let's just put it that way yeah this is definitely probably one of the toughest towns in the country to play in it is a very you know big sports town that they love their teams hard and they are also very opinionated and let you hear it the the booing and stuff Sometimes it definitely does come premature. I think there are uh, a group of fans here that sometimes take things a little too far, maybe overreact in the moment a little too much. But the the things that Danny Green said about, you know, turning on the team or not like support not fully being there is interesting, especially with Ben. Yes, obviously there were boos. He became public enemy number one pretty much the second game seven ended. But the fans supported him pretty much all the way up until the end. We were there in the building for game seven. I watched fans pour into their seat early to cheer on Ben Simmons while he shot free throws in warmups. Warmups. I don't think that's happening everywhere. There are numerous examples of Sixers fans riding with players till the end. Everyone's talked about uh, the Markel Fultz situation and how he got a standing ovation when he hit that three over Zach Levine in, in the season opener a couple nights ago. I was also in the building for that. So there, there's always the, the sport's always been there. I think the booze come hand in hand. And to be honest, when you're blowing monumental leads and you're a team that was screaming championship or bust all season and you flop like that in the second round, I feel like the booze are kind of warranted. Yeah, the only thing – so like I said, obviously, we both see it from both sides. The only thing I don't like is how he tried to tie that into Ben Simmons. Like, I, I get it, Danny Green, Doc Rivers, Dwight Howard, they're all on a Ben Simmons apology tour trying to get everyone to, you know, I guess not feel sorry for him, but to appreciate what he brings to the table. And, like, I get it. It's understandable. That's their, you know, that's their teammate, their, you know, player. But to to say that the fans are the reason why Ben Simmons played the way he played is, like, mm-hmm. the most ridiculous thing you can ever say. Because just like you said – fans were supporting him that one video of the guy who's like yeah doing the <laughs> trying to coach him form. through it come on bro like come <laughs> on bro like this i mean this is like three years now that like ben had a certain point where he would struggle hit a slump and people aren't booing ben simmons people are cheering for him and like encouraging him they did that all all throughout the playoffs when he wasn't mm-hmm. doing well with his free throws they did it last year i didn't even know that they did that because I tweeted about it and someone brought it up to like prove that point. Cause I was like, Oh wow. I didn't even know I tweeted that, but okay. <laughs> but again, it just goes to show that like people have supported this guy. And then you said this, you bring up Markel Fultz. It's the same thing. It's just like, I mean, shoot 
Sixers fans booed Joel Embiid before they booed Ben Simmons. And I think Ben Simmons deserves it way more than Joel Embiid. So to try and pin the fans, I mean, maybe if, maybe if he was talking about like social media stuff, Mm -hmm. but at that point, Ben can just log off. Like I get, I get it's like, it's wrong for what people say on social media, but like, it's a terrible place. Like social media is off. Yeah. But we, we all, we all deal with that. Like it's, it's unfortunate, but it's the reality is like, you can't blame the fans in attendance for Ben's struggles because at the end of the day, you can sit here and boo Ben, cheer Ben, his player, his uh, teammates can sit here and defend him. But the only time Ben is going to change is when Ben decides to change. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, yes, there were boos in the Wells Fargo Center. There's no denying that. But they weren't solely booing Ben Simmons. They were booing the entire team. They were booing the situation. So I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That game seven, the Sixers, I mean, they didn't look good at any point. No. Right? We established that. I'm shocked at how much they didn't get booed. Yeah. Because, like, they, they got booed for sure. But, like, I, I was shocked that, like, there were a lot of points where the fans kind of, like, stuck through it. Like, all right, mm-hmm. maybe we have to take a different approach with these guys. Yeah. Because we always say, like, some of these guys get mentally checked out. And I think the fans kind of sensed that. And they were like, okay, let's take a different approach. But I don't know. Like, I, I just didn't – I don't see where Danny Green – I see where Danny Green's coming from with that in the regular season. You're the number – the team's the number one seed. Mm-hmm. They go down in, like, the second quarter of a meaningless regular season game, and all of a sudden it's like, this team stinks. Yeah. They're, they're chokes, blah, 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 whatever. But, like, I don't – I think for game seven, I think the crowd was shockingly more supportive than you would expect from a Philly crowd. Definitely. I feel like part of that's just because although they didn't look great, they were still in it pretty much all through the game. So I feel like that's why the crowd didn't necessarily turn. There were some nice runs that they got to go on where the crowd got to, you know, get try and play a factor. But yeah, I mean, when you're blowing monumental leads and you're in a game seven in a series that realistically should have been done by game five, like you can't expect fans to be, you know, all hunky dory. They were sold on this idea that, Joel Embiid was an MVP caliber player and that this team, you know, they worked so hard for the number one seed for this easy path to the finals. You're looking at the other end of the bracket. You're seeing, you're seeing Miami, uh, not Miami. You're seeing Brooklyn deal with injuries. You're seeing Milwaukee deal with injuries. It felt like everything was starting to align for the Sixers and then boom, like now they're out in the second round and we're watching Milwaukee in the NBA finals instead of the Sixers. Yeah. And it's funny to think about because like there's still a chance that Danny Green comes back to Philly. So Absolutely. what do you what do you think the reception is for Danny Green when if, if he returns? At this point, I mean, we're talking early July. Season won't start till the end of October. I feel like it'll be water under the bridge by then. Maybe he hears about it a little bit the first game. It's it's a mix of cheer and boo, but I feel like at the end of the day. If he does come back, people will be more excited than disappointed just because of how valuable he was and what he brought to this team. Yeah, I mean, that would be the ideal scenario because he he was an important player, obviously. But if he doesn't return and he goes somewhere else, that's going to surely be um, uh, a boot. People are, yeah. are going to like get reminded of that real quick. That's going to be Absolutely. all over social media. And um, it'll be interesting to see – the other guy that we never talk about, Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> so he could be somewhere else too. And 
Obviously, there's a lot of trade rumors going down. And one of the more, I guess, frequent rumors there have been lately hasn't really been Portland. It's been more so the Minnesota Timberwolves. So that's gained today's what? Friday. Today that's gained some more traction. Another article came out basically saying that the Timberwolves are going to be expected to be players in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes. If that does open up, we don't know yet, but Minnesota Timberwolves to me makes no sense. So from their standpoint, I think it makes a lot of sense. I feel like in terms of the type of player they need, Ben Simmons is a very nice compliment to Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, Towns is a center that shoots about seven, eight threes a game. So the lane will be open up for Simmons. You could use him in the front court. You could use him as the guy who could kind of run the offense because although Anthony Edwards is on the ball a lot, he's more looking to score. So I feel like if you bring in a defender and a playmaker to the caliber of Simmons, it gives them a nice little trio of Simmons, Towns, and Edwards. But in terms of Minnesota being a trade partner with the Sixers, it makes almost little to no sense. Yeah, they have some draft capital. Yeah, you can maybe net a guy like D'Angelo Russell, but I feel like the Sixers could do better than D'Angelo Russell. I feel like C.J. McCollum is, is a far better player and checks off a lot more boxes than a Russell would. And the draft capital is nice, but this is a team looking to win now. So if I'm Daryl Morey, I don't really see – Minnesota being an enticing trade partner because of what they bring back. And we also need to account for the fact that Ben Simmons is represented by clutch. Rich Paul is the most powerful agent in the NBA, whether people want to admit it or not. I don't see him letting one of his clients go to a situation like Minnesota. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up D'Angelo Russell, obviously in that same report, it said that the Timberwolves would like to keep D'Angelo Russell. So at that point, I have no idea what Minnesota is even able to offer. I mean, everyone's talking Ant Edwards. Again, like you said, this is a champ. Like, they want to win a championship now. If you bring in Anthony Edwards, one, we don't know how he's going to look on a contending team because he played on a bad team last year. Obviously, I've said I've said this many times. There are players that, you know, they can be decent on a bad team and then they look a lot better than how they would look if they're in a situation where, Absolutely. you know, they're not the face of the, the team or whatever. So if Minnesota is going to be a trade partner that lands Ben Simmons, there needs to be a third team involved, obviously. And I said this to you before the pod, I think at this point for the Sixers, unless Bradley Beal becomes available, it's Damian Lillard to bust. There's there's no there's no wiggle room for error here. Like Daryl Morey is a star hunter. He's he's gonna basically treat Joel the way he treated James Harden in Houston. Whatever Embiid needs, he's gonna get that. It's gonna have to be Damian Damian Lillard because he's the best ball handler that's available. And that's that. And whatever it takes to get him, the Sixers need to make that happen. They don't need they don't need D'Angelo Russell from the Timberwolves. That's not moving the needle. They don't need Anthony Edwards. It's not moving the needle. You need Damian Lillard or you need Bradley Beal or, or I don't know. I don't even know what happens at that point. Like this is not a team where you don't have, you, you can't worry about development of younger players all the time. You can't worry about draft picks and all that. Like I'd be shocked if the Sixers keep that 28th pick. I I'd be shocked if, if they trade for more picks, like it's, this is, this is the time you have to capitalize on Joel Embiid. You said it all the time. Like he's, 
He has a long list of injuries. He's at his peak right now. He's an MVP caliber player. It's time to, to do right by the guy who has done pretty much everything to try and, and win for the city. Now I know he has his, his issues, his fourth quarter hiccups here and there. Uh, sometimes he checks out mentally. Obviously his injuries don't help, but that's something that he can't really help. That's just how his body is, but he's proven that he's willing to improve his game wherever he needs to improve his game. He's proven that he's willing to change his entire lifestyle to, to be in shape for your team. So now it's time to do him the favor and get him that second star, whatever it takes. If it takes Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibault, first round picks, get it done. Minnesota, Minnesota's not, not doing it for the Sixers. Yeah, I agree. Obviously Beal and Lillard are the, the top of that list. I feel like Zach Levine is an interesting plan B if he were to become available and things kind of go south on different fronts, but Daryl Morey has been known to make that home run swing. I feel like they're with a guy like him running the show, everything's on the table. And like you said, you're talking about Embiid's fourth quarter hiccups. What better partner in crime than the dude who is known to live in those moments? Could you imagine a situation where Joel Embiid can carry the team the first three quarters and Damian Lillard could take over in that final stretch? I mean, if they're able to, to get a deal like that done, the Sixers arguably have a top three top five offensive duo in the league with, with Lillard and Embiid. So it definitely becomes more enticing with a three-team type of deal because although Minnesota's assets may not be enticing to the Sixers, if Portland's deciding to blow it up and move on from Lillard, you have your 28th – you'd have the 28th overall pick. The Sixers have young assets like Shake, like Tyrese, like Matisse. And then you can also throw in an enticing young prospect like Anthony Edwards who could potentially be – the, the face of the next phase of your franchise. So I agree. If you're going to keep Minnesota in the mix, it most likely makes sense as a three-team deal and being able to capitalize on how bad they want Ben Simmons because based just reading off the tea leaves, it feels like they want Ben Simmons very badly. They've been, like you said, they were a recurring name. Reports have come out even saying that they badly want to acquire Ben Simmons. So if you can capitalize on how bad they want to bring him in, and kind of leverage their assets to a situation like Portland to where they're getting this treasure chest of assets to where it, it almost makes no sense not to move Damian Lillard. I feel like that that's a chance that Daryl Morey is going to take. Yeah, it definitely feels like Minnesota is like the number one team that yeah. wants Ben Simmons. And I, I did always think from the beginning with the whole Damian Lillard thing, I always thought it has to be a three-team deal just to like make things work out for everybody because mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like Portland – wants Ben Simmons that much. It kind of feels like like there there really hasn't been any talk about Portland wanting Ben Simmons. Yep. But I I can't imagine a scenario where Portland doesn't want someone like say Tyrese Maxey. Or Anthony Edwards. I mean there there's a lot yeah. of it really could be one of those situations where it's just like, hey Portland, we're trying to get this deal done. Pick what young prospects you want. I mean if they can move on from Damian Lillard and get a pair of you know promising young prospects of Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Maxey that's a, a pretty solid young duo who have showed some nice promise and could potentially be your backcourt of the next decade. So it's definitely something I feel like they would heavily consider if it gained real traction. Yeah. There was also talk about uh, Cleveland as well. <laughs> Trying to land Simmons. That's just Kevin Lowe. And what's worse is Kevin people Lowe. are really buying into it. Did nobody watch the Al Horford experiment? 
Who in their right minds saw how bad Al Horford was alongside Joel Embiid? Granted, him and Kevin Love are not the, the same guy, but who was looking at that and they're going, hey, yeah, let's do that? Especially after seeing how well Tobias Harris played this year at power forward. Now you want to slide him back to small forward if you bring in Kevin Love. Exactly. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that and I saw uh, Gordon Hayward. Same same issue. Actually, they're they're literally they could be the same, Kevin Love and Gordon Hayward, because they're not gonna fit well beside Joel Embiid. Hayward might fit a little bit better. Yeah, I think Hayward but, could fit a little better. But they both have injury histories too. Yeah. Like I mean, I, I mean how many injured like yeah. are injured enough? You don't need to bring in exactly. With, we need somebody who history. are in the prime health condition. We don't need any more scares. Yeah, it's it's just like I mean, there's just so much nonsense out yeah. there, and it what What's, it comes down to is what does Portland want? Yeah. <laughs> what does Portland want for Damon? I'm like, sick of seeing mock trades for Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook. Could you imagine? First off, him and B don't even like each other. And you want to try and bring him in? Yeah. Not to mention, he pretty much has all the same shortcomings that Ben Simmons has. So it's, just, yeah, it's it's literally just swapping, like almost. I wouldn't even say the same player because Westbrook's obviously a, a lot more aggressive and a yeah. lot better, you know, offensively scoring wise. But like, it's just it's one of those trades where it's just like, Why? what changed? Yeah. What changed here? So the Sixers I, got I worse defensively. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it, it's just like at this point, it's it's really Dame Lillard a bust, mm-hmm. and you have to think the Sixers have the most to offer. I know, I know, yeah. we said that about the James Harden stuff, but again, there was that was not happening. Like the, the, the Rockets were like so they just wanted nothing to do with Daryl Morey. So I, th- I think that was a situation where it just wasn't going to happen. You could throw whoever you want in there, unless you're like throwing in Joel and Ben. Mm-hmm then they're not making that trade. People need to realize that in terms of the James Harden sweepstakes, Ben Simmons was simply smoking mirrors to get more out of Brooklyn. That That's really all it came down to. It was, you know, who knows what Brooklyn was originally offering, but then it was, oh, well, Daryl Moore is willing to give us Ben Simmons, Matisse Seibel, you know, this, that, and the third. So it really was, the Sixers were kind of just led along in that. I don't think there was any real, there was any real attraction, any real possibility. We even saw... After that, their ownership said that they really weren't intent on doing business with Daryl Morey. So I agree. People need to get over the James Harden thing. I don't think it was anywhere near as real as it may have seemed. Yeah, and I think we you, you talked plan B. So obviously, I think Bradley Beal is unrealistic. I don't think he's leaving I mean, Washington. I think this Minnesota stuff makes Beal and Lillard even more real possibilities just because – of what you could add on in terms of Minnesota's assets, depending on how bad they truly do want Ben Simmons. If they want him bad as the tea leaves are showing, I feel like they become a very interesting third partner. If either Washington or Portland is trying to move on from their star and kind of ignite the next phase of a rebuild, you could get a lot in terms of Sixers assets and Minnesota assets. So it definitely is something to monitor as all of this goes on. Right. And what what do you think about a plan B of maybe like a possible Kyle Lowry acquisition? I feel like if the Sixers are going to keep Ben Simmons, the, the Kyle Lowry thing makes a lot of sense. I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If the Sixers do intend on keeping Ben Simmons, 
they need to turn him into Draymond Green 2.0. It's just – it's what it's come to. He can't play point guard anymore. Let him play his game, be that Swiss Army knife type of guy, although his value might have gone down a little bit. I still think Ben Simmons is a winning player and can contribute to winning basketball, but you need to better complement him, and I think bringing in a true point guard does that. You bring in a Lowry – he can be a guy who can play off the ball, spot him, knock down some threes. You can also put him on the ball to initiate the offense at times to, to help with Simmons' shortcomings, especially late in games with, with shot creation on the outside and such. So in terms of pivoting, depending on how much Lowry wants, if he can if he can come here on a rather team-friendly price and Daryl Morey can still plug holes with the remaining money, I feel like that is not the worst plan B. I guess it all comes down to what Lowry would want. Like you said, I don't think everyone's like, well, he wants to come back to Philly, but no. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. There, there's no, there's no real hometown discount here. Let's, let's mm-hmm. get that out of the way. Um, and then it also comes down to how does Kyle Lowry feel about one Daryl Morey? Cause obviously a lot of players have been mm-hmm. felt slighted by Daryl Morey, Chris, Chris Paul being the but top. Lowry's one. kind of a Maury guy. Maury kind of yeah. Maury acquired him and started to kind of ignite the the latter half of his career where he became kind of all star status. Right, and I'll say um, during during the dark times of no fans in the building when the Sixers played the Toronto Raptors at halftime. I don't know why I remember this, but <laughs> Kyle Lowry gave Daryl Maury a fist bump. So I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means, but maybe he's he's still cool with it. And then it also comes down to there's also been a lot of talk of Doc Rivers lately. And I think his second round uh, second round loss there kind of shifted a narrative with him. So also how do players view Doc Rivers at this point in his career? I feel like at the end of the day, people would still want to come and play for Doc Rivers. That's what you gotta hope, and then Obviously, you gotta hope that Danny Green's comments didn't uh, yeah, scare anybody scare away anyone to... away. Uh, I I don't know. I feel like this Danny Green stuff is gonna blow over faster than people are, are playing it out to be. Just because at the end of the day, when you see Doc Rivers and you see Joel Embiid with with a guy like Daryl Morey running the show, there still is a lot of enticing factors around this organization as a whole to where people might want to come in and think it, it's a winning process. I would say just because, especially with uh, Kyle Lowry having past relations with Daryl Morey, depending on what kind of faith he has in him to put a winning team together. Maybe that, that might aid in a potential Lowry swing because he has faith in what Daryl Morey could do to put a, a winning team together. And Kyle Lowry was on the opposite end of that, that series back in 2019. So he saw how close this team was to being a championship team. So hopefully all those factors could play a part, but uh, I'm still with you at the end of the day. Uh, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard are the first dominoes, and then you kind of just play from there. Yeah, then you got to start going with the uh, the Kyle Lowry's, and you said Zach Levine. I actually like Zach Levine. I just I again so. comes down to it where it's like that does he really move the needle because he yeah. doesn't really have that experience as well, and you're just bringing in more inexperience mm-hmm. for the postseason. So we talk a lot about players and coaches and all these people possibly going out. Seems like one that we thought for sure was gone. Sam Cassell isn't going to actually get that Washington wizards job after all. Um, Unfortunate that Sam, I mean, he he really hasn't had any other interviews other than that. So it kind of seems like his market is drying up. It's unfortunate because like we said, he deserves it, but 
Doc Rivers got to be excited. I feel like everyone has to be excited. I'm excited. I, I, <laughs> I said on multiple podcasts and hope the season was over that Sam Cassell needed to be hidden in the mountain somewhere so that teams didn't try and snatch him up. But I agree. It felt like it was kind of he was going to become the next head coach of the Wizards or he was going to come back. But it really does blow my mind that a team hasn't taken a chance on him yet. Everyone I feel like that talks about Sam Cassell has nothing but glowing things to say, whether it's you know guys like Doc Rivers who have been along him for so long now. Players have such a good rapport with him. Ben Simmons has said glowing things about him. John Wall said great things about him in the past. So, I mean, I really do feel like it's one of those things where when you're so good at your job, it's hard to move on and get that that kind of promotion just because of how valuable you are to a team at what you do. Yeah, could it could just turn out to be a longtime assistant because that, that happens. I mean, yeah. it happens a lot. So. Danberg? Danberg. Dan, Danberg is like the perfect example. <laughs> But um, we didn't throw this down. But how how do you like do do you think it's justified for Sixers fans right now to be pretty much piling on Brett Brown again because of his temporary GM move on draft night in 2018? As the NBA Finals go on, Mikael Bridges has a solid game one, has a very solid game two, and. We look at the Sixers, who no longer employ Zaire Smith. It was basically his replacement. You know, wh- what are your thoughts on that? I'm so sick of hearing about it. People need to wrap their heads around this. Starters, the pick they got along with Zaire Smith on draft night essentially helped them land Tobias Harris. Brett Brown said it later on. Elton Brand echoed the same thing. So. Essentially, in the grand scheme of things, you're really looking at would you rather have Mikael Bridges or Tobias Harris? Whatever you may feel about that is your own opinion, and you're entitled to it. Come Second, on. You, you, know, you know what many people's answer is going to be to yeah. that. It's the wrong answer, but. Yeah, because recency bias <laughs> always wins. But right. second off, say they keep Mikael Bridges. Newsflash, Ellen Brand was trading pretty much any young thing that moved at that point. So even if he wasn't traded on draft night, he was likely traded somewhere else down the line. There, was, I don't see any reality where if they kept Mikael Bridges on draft night, he's still a sixer now. In reality, he likely goes to L.A. in the Tobias deal. So imagine the Clippers team already with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Now they have Mikael Bridges off the bench as well. So, you know, everything in the end turns out the way it's supposed to, but I'm so sick of hearing about Mikael Bridges. Yes, he was a promising young thing. Uh, he still showed that he can potentially be one of the top 3D wings in the league now, which, I mean, you know, credit to him. But what's not talked about enough is Sixers could have drafted MPJ on that night. Sixers could have drafted SGA on that night, both guys who fill a role of what they need now. So, yeah, the Bridges trade is bad, but I feel like the the bigger talk should be missing out on on those guys who have real, you know, actual star potential. Not that Bridges doesn't have star potential, but I'm I'm talking like SGA and MPJ could be – you know, all-star potential. I could see Michael Porter Jr. winning a scoring title before his career is over, that type of potential. For sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's unfortunate. Zaire Smith's out of the league by yeah. – you didn't even play year three. Mm-hmm. And so, also unfortunate circumstances as well. It also needs – I mean, the dude did almost you know, die essentially in yeah. year one because of a, a peanut allergy that he knew nothing about. So, obviously, that plays a factor as well. But, yeah, it's just – I'm so over hearing about it. 
it all comes down to the fact where it's like you can get you can get mad at Brett Brown all you want. Brett Brown shouldn't have been the GM. Come yeah. on, he's a first. That was his first head coaching job. You made the guy do a draft, and and he wasn't even like. Wh- when did they fire Colangelo? I don't even remember. I don't even remember the month. It feels it like a like, lifetime ago. Yeah, I feel like it might have been like April of that year, maybe. So like, you give Brett Brown what a few months to like. Mm-hmm figure out what he's going to do for the draft and nobody knew he was going to be yeah the, the gm that night yeah. like they were looking for gms and then i think that i think the worst thing about that is the fact that they just went and hired elton brand anyway yeah, <laughs> it's <maybe>. like <laughs> he was there the whole time you could have just hired him then right. and then like let him get a head start but again it's just it's one of those things that just from the top just screwed up so right. bad big time <laughs> like what a, oh man what a joke well yeah, this, that's can all we, can we just stop yelling at brett brown the dude's been through it yeah well, you know, like what is brett brown doing yeah right now? who who knows probably hiding somewhere he's probably sick of hearing about that he's probably there's no way he sees mikhail bridges doing all this like there's no way he goes on the internet <laughs> not at all oh, brett brown no no there's no way i hope brett brown is com- like enjoying his summer right now i know he was supposed to coach team australia in the olympics but backed out so Wherever he is, I hope he's doing well, and I hope people eventually stop yelling at the man because he's been through enough. <laughs> know, he's he's just getting dunked on like every little every little thing goes back to Brett Brown. Repeatedly. Hmm. Although when um, the Sixers lost Game Seven, there was a lot of well, if Brett Brown was coaching this game, they win. Yeah. So he maybe he maybe he can feel better about that. I don't know if it makes him feel better, but maybe he found it a was silver out. lining in that, but. Yeah, or even still, early on in the season, anytime the Sixers would look bad, it was, oh, is Brett Brown coaching again? Like, leave Brett <laughs> Brown alone. <laughs> leave that poor man alone. This reminds me of that, like, really old video where it's like, leave Brittany alone. Yeah. <laughs> leave Brett alone. Leave Brett alone. He's been through enough. This man was a punching bag here for seven years on some of the most bizarre storylines in NBA history. And, like, he had to stand tall. <laughs> leave the man alone. <laughs> all we got for today um we will be back next week are we, are we talking are we talking uh free agency next week probably yeah the draft the draft two weeks away. The only, the only, yeah the only thing is what do, what do the sixers do with that 28th pick we'll discuss it We'll cover Hopefully they it. keep it because I've already done like 10 draft profiles. Yeah, this guy's rolling out the draft profile. <laughs> so you got to follow him on Twitter. Drop the, the Twitter handle there, Kev. It's Kevin MCC NBA. Mine's at jgrasso underscore. And we'll be talking draft next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.